On a cold, clear morning in March 2015, I eased my car past the hand-hewn stone walls and imposing iron gates of the old military prison at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. When they used to talk about sending someone to break rocks at Leavenworth, they meant it. This was where the American military sent the baddest of its bad apples for more than a century. In 1875, the U.S. Army marched the first inmates out to what was still the frontier and forced them to build their prison around themselves, hewing it block by block from the native stone in a scene worthy of Kafka. Officially known as the United States Disciplinary Barracks, it served as the military's maximum security prison until it was deemed unfit even for the worst offenders. The main building had been torn down in 2002, and its inmates transferred to a modern concrete penitentiary built at a more remote location on the base. I now found myself looking for a parking space on the fresh black asphalt that covered the area where the old cell blocks once stood. The rest of the original prison complex, from the walls and guard towers to the infirmary and workshops, still remained. Some of those buildings had been converted into offices. Others, including a stone edifice that once housed the gallows, had been converted into classrooms. After a lengthy security check, I headed there, pressed my newly issued security pass to the electronic reader mounted next to the door of classroom 104, and tried to slip inside as discreetly as possible. But it is hard to be discreet when you are the only civilian in a classroom full of soldiers. There were a dozen other students, all wearing battle dress uniforms, and all of them turned in unison when I opened the door and eyed me suspiciously. Eleven were Army majors, or soon to be promoted to that rank. One was an Air Force intelligence officer. Almost all of them had served multiple combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Many wore the Army's combat action badge on their left breast, proof that they had been in the thick of it. Several sported paratroopers' jump wings. Some were highly decorated. One had a green beret sitting on top of his notebook. The room was occupied by an enormous U-shaped table with seats arranged around the outside edge. A name card was placed in front of each seat. Mine, said Mr. Hoffman. All the others, said Major So-and-so. You must be important, said the officer to the left as I slipped into my seat. I assure you I'm not, I said. Then why are you dressed that way, he asked, eyeing my wool sports coat and slacks. The only other person dressed that way was our instructor. Dr. Kevin Benson. He was a tall, lanky gentleman with a drooping white mustache that made him look like a frontier sheriff. But at least Benson was a retired colonel, and not just any retired colonel. He was quite literally the man who had written the invasion plan for Iraq. I felt like I was crashing a party I was not dressed for and had no business attending. But I was right where I needed to be if I was going to learn about red teaming a revolutionary way to stress-test strategies and navigate an uncertain future I had first learned about from a zombie movie.